Welcome back to the Jordan High 2004 podcast. This is Steve. And this is Gonzo. And uh, just giving you another episode. Really excited for what we get to do today. Yeah, me too. I'm, yeah, I love, I love recording. I love catching up with people. So it's been great. Yeah. So uh, Gonzo, anything new? I could tell this one little story that Bonnie would get really mad. So do it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> Today we've just had like poop issues. So I I went to church. I go to church a little bit earlier. So Bonnie was like getting the kids ready, and when I when they come and get me to like go in together, we're like sitting down, and um, the girls are like something really really bad happened when we were when we were at home it's like with oliver it's like oh shoot it's like it's like he pooped somewhere and they're like yeah he pooped on the couch (laughs) (laughs) and i like was talking to bonnie was it like a a full log and she's like no smeared all over i went to put on makeup for like a second and then when i came down he's naked and he had the smeared poop on the couch (laughs) and the one thing is like i love this couch when we moved into our new house bonnie and i were like we want to splurge on like something nice spend money on a nice couch and the thing is i almost wish we hadn't done it because the kids have like destroyed it. <laughs> you can't have nice things. You can't have. We can't have nice things. Yeah, they jumped on it, pushed all over it. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, Oliver like took off all those clothes too, and he peed on it. And now he's pooped on it. It's just like I really like this couch. So everybody listening, if you go to Gonzo's house, beware of the couch. You know the spot where you're like, that's the most comfortable spot on the couch. Don't sit there. Sit anywhere else. <laughs> Don't do that. So yeah, oh, and then the so that one was actually something that Bonnie won't mind. But then tonight before you came over, <laughs> I like we all the kids had t- bathed or whatever, so they were getting ready for bed. And I checked Oliver's diaper, and he's poopy, but he was being really energetic and squirmy. He didn't want he didn't want his diaper changed. So I'm like Bonnie, you gotta help me out, like pin him down a little bit, so we can like change his <laughs> diaper. And <laughs> I take his diaper off and Bonnie is like kind of keeping his attention and she puts her head down to like go face nose to nose or something with him. And I'm like, oh, no, no, but, 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 and, and I didn't get it out in time because she put his, her hair in Oliver's poop. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you put your, you put your hair in this poop. And she thought I was like, like messing with her. But then after I cleaned her diaper, then she's like, okay, wipe it. And then I like wiped a little bit of her hair with a wet wipe. And then she's like, there was poop in that little wipe. She's like, okay, I gotta go take a shower. It's always so, a parenthood. Sorry, Bonnie. Sorry, I told the story. It's worth it. Well, now like a hundred other people know. Yeah. It was worth it. Man. Well, anyway, today we're going to interview Pierce. Yeah. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think he's someone that's been very active on social media and just making lots of comments. And so it's great to be able to actually have him on and looking he, forward to what he has to say. He's listened to every episode, I think, too. So, and he's a great guy. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So let's see how it goes. All right. Here's our uh, conversation with Pierce. Pierce, I'm really happy to talk to you. Hey, it's really good to hear from you guys. It's been a minute. Not 20 years, it's been like 10 years for us, I think. It's Yeah, it's still been a while. Why don't you uh, catch us up a little bit, catch us up with what you've been up to uh, the last 17 years. <laughs> <laughs> Since high school, geez. So I graduated high school and then went on a mission almost right away. I was kind of older, my birthday was in September. And then I put my papers in. And then I got my call back, and it's like, hey, you're leaving in February. And I was like, whoa, that is a huge gap. And it was like, I got my call back in September, and I went on a mission, went to Guadalajara, Mexico, came back in 2007, had, like, no friends home, besides, like, besides, like, Mark and you is who I saw, Gonzo. Yeah, and I, saw you I think I even and... left, like, a little bit after that. Yeah, like, you did. Now. You left really quick after. But it was yeah. really cool, because I got home. And I was speaking Spanish, so I was like, wait a second, Gonzo speaks Spanish? And I was like, 
I guess I should have known that, but I didn't, like in high school. Also, <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. So I was like speaking to him, and then I made friends with your old, older brother, Chris. And so it was really good, and then you left, and then uh, me and Mark hung out for a while. I hung out with Drew, and then I hung out with a guy named Benji. Um, and he became a really good friend of mine, one of my best friends still today. He listens um, to the podcast. Does he? Yeah, oh, man, I yeah love he Benji. listens. So shout yeah, out to Benji. Still one of my best Still, Still my brother, like. Still like my family's adopted brother. They love. Yep. So then I, uh, after that, I moved down to Cedar City with uh, Lee Denning, who I was a roommate with, and I still have some communication here and there with Lee. And then Steve actually came to visit us down in Cedar with like Gus, and came to visit us, and it was good to see him then. And then after that, I stayed here because I I met my wife Sage. Um, I actually met her down here. And it's kind of funny because secretly I met her dad. Well, I kind of met her. I ran from her dad. Her dad was a police officer for for Cedar City. <laughs> so, like, I ran from him. And I know who he was because I heard, like, yeah, Officer Womack, I think they're going around the back. And we were like, oh, because we had gotten into a, uh abandoned hospital, you know, for the scare experience. Oh, yeah. And somebody called the cops that we had, like, broke into the hospital. We didn't break in. It was open. But I guess it was kind of breaking in, too. Anyway, so we ran from them. But I'd already known her dad. because like, Officer Womack, go around the back. Like, you know, Sergeant Womack, I think they're going around the back. She's like, we'll send some people around the back. So we actually went out a window around the side and then like, sprinted away. So I remember the name. I was like, Womack's kind of a weird name. And I met her. I met my wife down here. And uh, I stayed. I got a job down here uh, for the Iron County Sheriff's Office. <laughs> and I've been working at their correctional facility. I'm a, I'm a corporal there now. I've been it for a little over a year, and then I got into the, I got into the military as well, for the army, for the National Guard. So yeah, I love Cedar. I love it down here. I found out John Prue or whatever lives in St. George. Yeah, he lives so I should, yeah. I should probably hit him up. So I didn't even know that. I feel bad. Yeah. So. Now you know. <laughs> yeah, now I know, Don. You know where I live. That's cool. So you went from. Hooligan running to the police to the police. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, I'm gonna show my younger selves out there. No. <laughs> how did you um, see yourself in high school? How would you describe yourself? Who was Pierce? I think me in high school was. I wanted to feel. I wanted to feel like I belonged somewhere, and I think it was good the group we were in. Because, like, I don't know, I just felt, I, I wanted to feel wanted by other people. I wanted to, like, be important to someone and be, like, friends with it. So the more friends I got, like, the better it was. And our group was really great at that. Like, our group was so good about accepting every new person that would come in and be like, yeah, you're part of the group, come hang out. Come hang out, like, every weekend. Like, I really, I, I mean, myself in high school was, like, I, I think I became a little bit self-involved, too. Like, I think I was, like, so focused on myself. I just wanted to belong somewhere, you know, because in middle school, it was not like that at all for me. Like, I was, I got really bullied in middle school, like, a ton. And I had friends in middle school and everything like that, but, like, I just kind of stuck to myself and didn't really try to branch out a lot. I got bullied by some guys in middle school a lot, and I just didn't like it. I was just like, man. And I think that's what tipped over the whole thing about me and Rich, is that, because uh, he was a friend of mine in middle school. He didn't bully me at all. We were friends. I think just kind of like the whole thing on that, on his story was, uh, I think it was like he was, and I I didn't make it look like it got to me at all. Like I pretended like it didn't get to me. And so like I tried to like play it off like, oh, no big deal. And I tried not to react to it. Those guys' opinions didn't matter to me, you know, really. And I think what mostly made me mad was, I think it was just like a friend like Richard, because he was my friend, like jumped in. And I thought he thought he was playing. I think Richard thought he was playing when he was saying stuff and uh, just kind of like joking around with me. And I think what more tipped me over was like, I was already like pent up a lot, like with those guys that I was just like, oh man, like, and then a friend says something to you that you takes, you take one way and he probably totally meant another. And then I said something to him, you know, that made him upset. And I don't even remember what we said, honestly. And I could tell it bothered him. And I was like, good, you know, kind of like, good. And yeah, just kind of led in that situation, and we kind of got into 
a little, uh, I guess, a fight. Uh, like more like a pushing match, like that nacho scene when they're like, you know, like, what'd you say? And then they just grab each other's arms and like push away a little bit, you know? So it's kind of <laughs> like that, more like. But say that to me again. Say that to my face, you know? And then uh, I remember Lisa <laughs> Frankum stepping in the middle of us two and looking at me and be like, what are you doing? Stop, you know? And I think it was going more like Rich walked out before like we could go back at it. I think, I don't know, maybe he was kind of like at the state of mind where I was, where I was like, what are, what are we doing? Cause like mostly it was these other guys that were like, yeah, fight, fight, fight. You know, they wanted it for their entertainment. You know, they didn't care about us. You know, they're kind of guys that just say rude stuff. And they said it about him sometimes during the year too. And he knew that. And I think he was just kind of like, this is stupid. And then later on after that, at the end of the day, like these guys were coming to me like, yeah, good job. Good job, Pierce. And I was like, this is stupid. Like, I don't want your approval. Like, you're not my buddy. You're my friend. And kind of me and Rich met up, like, even later on that day, and we were like, that was stupid. And the rest of the year, we just kind of, like, ignored those guys, kind of did our own thing with our group of friends. And in high school and onward, like, we were still friends, in my opinion. I'm, like, still friends to this day with Richard, I think, even though I haven't talked to him. Sorry, Rich. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I'm just as guilty of that. You're saying, Talk like, you wanted to belong. That was one of the things that you, like, strive mm-hmm. for. But then you were also, you're kind of alluding to you're maybe a little self-centered. Like, you were thinking about yourself all the time or a lot. And I think that's actually kind of common. I think most of us probably were like that, that thinking thinking about ourselves more than others. I think a lot of that had to do with, like, not so much in a selfish way, because I still tried, I still think I tried to be friends with other people. Um, but I think it was more like I was focused and uh, worried about my own problems that were happening at the time. And, uh, and I was trying to, like, kind of figure out things with myself at the time. Because, like, at that at that point in high school, so my whole life, I kind of had known when I was younger, like a little kid up till middle school and up to about high school. And then something happened in high school, and I think it just kind of made me, like, try to, like, focus on me. Like, who, do, who am I going to be, you know, or what kind of person am I going to be? Because my whole life, I wanted to be like my dad. I still want to be like my dad in many ways. But uh, my dad, I mean, if you guys knew him back then, so my whole life he was just this giant of a man. And uh, he was this, he was a mortician his regular job, but his pastime was bodybuilding. And in 1999 and 2000, he was Mr. Utah. And so he, and I'll post a picture of it. I have it saved on my phone. I'll post a picture in the comment thing of one of his competition shows. And in 1999, 2000, his first two competitions ever, he actually took first place. And it was awesome. My whole life, when he was this bodybuilder guy, people would be like, man, is that your dad? Like, well, what happened to you, you know? Yeah. And so, like, and so I was like, I don't know. And then when I was a little kid, and even in middle school, you know, my kid, uh, my friends would all be like, like, does he do steroids? You know, and I'd be like, uh, partly, like, at first I didn't know what that was. And then I'd ask him, I'd be like, Dad, do you do steroids? And he was like, no, son, like, I do, you know, this is all work for me. I work really hard at this, like, twice a day I go to the gym for two hours. And I was like, oh, okay, great, my dad does this all himself, like, all, you know, yeah, this is all his work, and this is all what he does. And I think I was just more naive, and I was being ignorant on purpose, and kind of in denial. And I was like, no, there's no way he'd do that, when really... There's no way he could have looked like that without it. And he admits now to this day, like, yeah, he did, like, the entire time he was bodybuilding. And, but when, in high school, so there was a day that, and growing up around my dad, I guess I got kind of got used to behaviors that he was going through. Like, you could tell on a day when he would come home, he would come home super, I guess you would say, pumped up. You know, he had just got done working out and gotten done using steroids, and uh, he said it at, he says uh, to everybody, and we all know about these problems, like, that it wasn't just steroids, like, he also took, like, synthetic narcotics and painkillers, because when he would get uh, roided up to, like, calm himself down, he would try to take, like, some synthetic narcotics to get himself down again, like some depressants of some kind, you know, and then sometimes he would take other drugs just to help him feel anything because he just said it dulled him so much that he just took stuff to, like, get him high to feel something. And some days you could kind of tell he was in a mood that, like, you don't, you just don't go around him. Like, let him do his thing. 
let him come back to being like normal dad and you're fine. And I think there was this one time in high school that, and and this is kind of hard because this kind of like one of those moments that shattered it, shattered the physical hero image of him for me. He had come home one time and got into a really bad argument with my mom. And, and before this time and after that time, not once did he ever uh, do anything like this again. But he, he came home, got super mad, was getting super aggressive. And my mom had kind of had it. She had she had kind of got mad at stuff because he, you know, he had told her, oh, I'll stop doing this stuff. I'll stop doing this stuff. And he got mad because he had lied to her and she came out with a couple of vials of his stuff and like shattered it on the ground. And it's like super expensive stuff, like cost thousands of dollars, like thousands. And she just shattered a couple of jars of like a couple of grams worth of steroids. And he lost his mind. He was so mad. He was so like enraged. And she had done it, I guess, at a time he had just gotten home from the gym and he was like super raised up. Like when you see veins going up, like from his nose to his forehead and stuff, like you can tell he's like raised out. And so like, so it's just kind of like, those are one of the moments you leave home, but she was so mad at this point and I don't blame her and everything. And this is kind of a moment she just smashed these on the ground and he, you know, and his face went red and everything. And I could kind of tell, and I was like, mom, you need to go to your room, like go to your room, mom, you know, like get up there and go to your mom. Cause I grew up in a house of all boys. And our number one thing was you looked after your mother. She's important. And that is a great lesson that my dad did teach me that you take care of the women in your life. You protect them. You're all boys. You protect them. You don't lay hands on women. That was a good lesson he taught us, and I still believe that this day you don't lay a hand on a woman. You don't. You don't do anything like that. So I was like, Mom, like go, up, go up to your room, Mom. Like not right now, Mom. Like we'll wait, wait till he comes down. This kind of thing. And uh, she, you know, I was like, Go, go now. And so she went into a room, kind of thing. He's like, I'm not done talking to you. And I kind of like stood in the way, and I was like, You're not. You're not getting to my mom. And he's like, I'm not doing anything, this and this. I was like, you need to calm down first, Dad. You need to relax. And you can't really, like, reason with him kind of thing. That must have been really scary for you. Oh, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. But I was this high schooler, you know. I lift weights, too. Like, you know, whatever. <laughs> I was stupid. I was a stupid, arrogant high school kid and thought he was tougher than he was, you know, or whatever. Like, that. like, oh, I'm in wrestling, too, blah, blah, blah. Like, he didn't care. I'm, like, 130 pounds. He's, like, 268, like. You know, there's a yeah. drastic difference in our size. And uh, and his strength was, he was just an incredibly strong man, too. Like, he, in a calm, on a calm day, I saw him just tap through a door with his bare hand, break the door, and then rip it off its hinges, because my brother had mouthed off to my mom. And so he just was like, son, I need you to open the door. And he goes, no. He goes, well, we're not done talking to you. Please open the door. And he said, no. So he... he broke through it, ripped the door off the hinges, and he goes, you'll get your door back when you show respect. And then he walked off. And it was just, like, totally calm. So just in this state, I was absolutely terrified, but I was like, no, I'm not scared of you. And I was like, no, you're not getting to her. you got to go. Like, you're not talking to her right now. You're not getting past me kind of thing. And I was, like, determined. He goes, get out of the way. And I said, no. And he kind of, like, went forward, and I went, and I did the stupid thing, and I pushed him back. You know, and so it was like stupid. Like I pushed him and I was like, oh, man, and I was immediately like, you shouldn't have touched this guy. Like you shouldn't have touched him. Like we have nowhere to run now because he's blocking your exit, you know. And so like he he was not in a good not in a good mode and kind of like slammed me around a little bit, like grabbed me. He never hit me, but he like grabbed me and like threw me against a couple walls. And he finally pushed me and I may have gone uh, through a door. And so and so like I had kind of crashed the door down. Next thing I knew, it, like I looked up from the ground I was just kind of like oh that hurt really bad and I looked up from the ground and my two older brothers had grabbed him like one of my brothers like grabbed on his arm my older brother Adrian at this time he had gotten home from a mission he was a really big dude at this time he had been powerlifting, and uh and he grabbed him and like started trying to like hold him down like stop you know and he was like Ugh, like whatever and my mom was like you need to go right now and so he, he took off for the night. So the next day at school, I was having a really hard time with that. It was like one of those moments that people have, like, where, like, actors are their heroes, and then they meet the actor, and he's, like, a jerk in person kind of thing. And it was kind of like one of those world-shattering moments because up at that point, I really wanted to be like my dad. Like, I wanted to be a bodybuilder even, you know, or something like that. And just, like, this hero image. And he was still my hero, 
I knew that wasn't like him, and that's still not him this day, because he had come back, like, the next day and crying to my mom and super embarrassed. Like, he almost, he couldn't even, like, talk to me. He couldn't even look at me. And then he, he had cried and given me a hug, and, you know, he's like, I'm so sorry. It was just this bad combination. And uh, and he goes, and though you pushed me, like, you shouldn't have pushed me, but he's like, but that's no excuse. He's like, I'm your dad. And he goes, and that's no excuse. And uh, and I remember the next day at school, I was having like the worst day. But again, me, I, as I said, with the middle school middle school experience about bullying and stuff, I I pretend to make it seem like I'm just fine. Things aren't bothering me. And and this is why I'm going to give a shout out to somebody. And she didn't even realize. She didn't even know what happened or realize what she had done. But I'm going to give a shout out to Raffi and her sister Gianna because. Um, it was just the next day of school, and th- I don't know if they could tell something was, but it was just how they are as people. They were just like, hey, Pierce, and I was like, hey, how you doing? And they're like, good, how are you? And I'm like, I'm good, and they're like, okay, and they're like, well, it's really good to see you today, like, love your face, and they, you know, they both kind of, like, gave me this hug, and it was kind of like this longer hug than normal, I don't know if it's just this thing, or they could tell something wrong, or whatever it was, but gave me this hug, and and I was like, choke it down, Pierce. Like, don't cry. Don't cry. Like, choke it down. And they're just like, hey, it's really good seeing you. Like, really good seeing you again. It was like a Monday. Like, oh, I missed you or something like that. And I was like, thanks. You know, you too. And then later, the sister has to hug me. And I'm just like, uh, got to turn. Yeah, don't cry, you know. And so I was just like, okay, good to see you too. And they're like, yeah, you sure you're okay? I'm like, good. And then at the end of the day, they're just like, hey, how you doing? You sure you're okay? Yeah. I'm good, thanks. And they're just like, oh, it's good seeing you as always. And then just walk off, and I'm just like, oh, like, it made me really glad I had friends like that. Because, like, really all the girls we hung out with were really sweet like that, just to everybody. But just those two that day were the ones that were the ones out of the girls that had kind of hugged me that day. And I guess it was just kind of something I needed to help me feel better. So thanks for that. But it was just that day was just probably, like, one of the worst days. And after that point, I was just kind of like, what do I look to? Because I, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like that stage and that thing, even though that's not how he is. And in many ways, I still do want to be like him, but in that sense, I don't. And I was like, well, gosh, like, that was like world shattering, you know? Because I still remember my dad as this big guy who protected me. And in ninth grade, like, the bullying stopped when he came on a class trip with us in ninth grade to the zoo or something. The bullying stopped that day because he came to class as one of the chaperones. And he's just like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, good, bud, good, dad. And, you know, all the other kids are kind of like, the only thing, like, looking at him, like, what's your dad? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, this is my boy. And uh, these are all your friends. And they're just like, yep, we're his friends. Yep, totally. <laughs> kind of thing, you know? <laughs> like, yep. And so he's just like, okay, cool. He goes, cool. And he's like, all right, well, uh, you guys did good. And uh, hope you're having a great day, kind of thing, at the end of the school trip. Hope you guys have a good day. Hope uh, you're treating my boy good. I'll see you guys later. And they're like, oh, yeah, Mr. Robertson. Like, oh, yeah. Like, bye. And they're just like, oh, man. Like, no thanks, you know. So it's just kind of like, yeah, that's my dad. Like, so it's like, so watch it, you know, whatever. But, <laughs> that's that's kind of cool. but there was just kind of one of those moments that I was just like, oh, man, that's what I would be like. But since then, never had issue like that. And he got over all the problems. And I mean, not from that moment. It took quite a while. He got over it, he got the strength, and got over those problems and those addictions. Do you think that was kind of a turning point, that after that it started to, he started getting more serious about stuff? I think it was like one of one of many over the years for him, that he was, that he was uh, like, oh man, you know, I, I can't do that again kind of thing. Um, and of course, and he doesn't, and I'm sure he wouldn't want to talk about it again, and you know, I mean, who would? Who'd want to like reminisce and remember that kind of stuff? Nobody would, you know. Yeah. Um, it's it's one of those moments that I remember because I was just like, oh gosh, that's terrifying, you know. Yeah, to have um, to have your dad, who you look up to so much, yeah. have that kind of experience where all of a sudden he was the protector your whole life. All of a sudden, you had to become the protector, or you felt like you had to protect your mom from him. And then to get into a physical altercation, I think that that would absolutely have a big impact on a teenager. And I don't think it was something like, I I know he never would have done anything to her, even if, like, she could have fallen smack him or decked him, but he wouldn't, I don't think he would have ever done anything on that. But, 
I mean, I was just like, you're not even going to talk to her like this because you're going to say something stupid or something worse, make the situation worse, and you both just need to calm down and then re reassess your situation. I don't know what you're arguing about fully, but, you know, that kind of thing. And one of those unfortunate situations that had happened, I don't think less of him. He's still one of my best friends. And he's still great, and he's a fantastic grandpa to my kid, my little boy. And it's great because he shows me many ways to be a good dad that in, in many ways, like teach him good things, like be respectful, be, you know, be certain ways growing up, like treat women with respect. And also like that experience helps because I'm just like, Hey, I want to be the dad that my kid can look up to like I did and look up to his dad and be like, this is the toughest guy I know. You know, my dad's tough. My dad's strong. He'll protect me. And I do that every day. I do everything I can to protect my son, to keep him safe. Um, I'm a little bit paranoid because of my job and my occupation. I see some, unfortunately, some pretty terrible things in the world and pretty, uh, I want to say some, okay, I'm going to say evil people. There are some evil people out there. I'm sorry. I know, I know you try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, but there's some evil people in this world and you see some terrible things they do to others and to children and to women and to just innocent people and i'm paranoid because i look at the worst situations because that's usually what i see is like the worst situations and i deal with like the worst people on a daily basis and they're not all bad you know but there are some in there that are genuinely like i would say bad people and i'm not trying to judge but there there's some pretty terrible people that may have started off good or just went down that wrong track, but and so I I always looked at that worst case scenario and try to be prepared for that, even though ninety percent of the time nothing like that will ever happen, you know, to to my situation. So yeah, well, I mean, being around that and as as a you know corrections officer, and it, it can it can make you jaded, right? So yeah, and it can, and there are things that I do like, and that's. There are a lot of things like uh, that I that I use. Like for instance, when I go home, I I leave my work self at work, and he stays there. And I go home and I walk through that door and I'm dad. And then that's all I am. I don't go home. I don't use any of those methods. I don't talk uh, in the aggressive tone I talk to in corrections. I go home and I'm dad, and I let them know I'm there for them. My time's for them, and uh, I'm there to spend it with my wife and and my son. And uh, that's what's important to me, you know. That's that's my number one in life. And I go home and make them feel special, and I don't let them know I'm there to get mad at them. I mean, I'm stern with my with my son when I need to be. Like I I teach him things. Like you know, if he starts disrespecting his mom, and then I'll I'll be a little bit stern. Like you stop, and he'll be like, I'm he'll be like, okay. I'm like, now go give mom a hug. And I'm like, do you know why daddy got mad at you? And he's like, yeah. And he'll tell me why. And I give him a hug, and I'm like, but you know daddy loves you, right? And he'll go, yeah. And I'm like, oh, you always got to know at the end, like, be as stern as you need to be, whether you give him a chew out, a time out, a little swat on the bottom, whatever you got to do. And then afterwards, always let him know, you know, I did that. You know dad loves you, though, right? Like, dad does love you. And I always let him know that, because that is the most important thing that he's going to know. Like, he's going to have all the friends in the world in his life, but he's got to know that ultimately, like, his dad is the number one person's going to be looking out for him and, and always let him know his dad's there for him. So, Yeah. Well, Pierce, I'm, I'm trying to think about, because I, I want to ask you how you've changed, but I really want to pin down how you saw yourself as a teenager. Like, is there any other way that you can describe, like, who you were? Like, you did mention that you did have that desire to to fit in, to to be a part of the group. You also, you talked about you looked up to your dad a ton, uh, and he was always an example to you. But it's like, how else, how would you describe yourself? Like, what did you think of yourself? Like, I know you said you wanted to be like your dad, but... I don't think I... I thought I was kind of... I mean, I was kind of weird. Let's be honest. You guys knew how I was. I was, I was weird. Like, you know... But I, I thought I saw myself as a pretty friendly guy. I mean, I didn't think I was, like, rude or, you know, a jerk to people. I mean, I hung out with you guys a lot. I, I thought I was a pretty friendly guy to people. I thought I was 
pretty easy to get along with. I mean, sure, I was strange, but, you know, make jokes a lot and try to goof off a lot with people. But I think I got along with pretty much everyone pretty well. Like different groups, different types of people that hung out in different types of clubs. Whether you were af athletic and like a jock type or super brainy. And, you know, I did I did athletics. I did choir. I was good in my academics. And so I, I think I, and I was a pretty generally rounded kid, you know. And uh, I I feel I got along with pretty much a lot of people. I feel if you didn't have problems with me, I didn't have any problems with you. And I could get along really and be friends with anyone. And that's what I love. I love making more and more friends just everywhere because it's good to, you know, more friends the merrier, I guess. All right. So then now as an adult, what are what are the changes that you've seen in yourself? How to, you know, from that kid that also tried to make a joke, try to be like part of the group, try to be funny, you know, like you were saying maybe a little bit of a goofball, but like always like positive. It's like, how, how's that? What's the difference now? Like, however many years later, like, how do you see yourself today? I think today the difference between me back then, I still try to be positive. Um, I'm not as, uh, hey, everybody, come on in, you know, kind of thing. I'm a little bit more reserved in some ways, like a little more protective, I guess. I'm more, like, friendly and, like, as I said before, like, before I more thought about myself a little bit more self-centered and kind of like thinking about myself back then whereas right now i try to see how i can help other people i, I try to do the jobs that i do to help other people you know serve other people that kind of thing so i'm very much like and i'm trying to do something new now that i'm challenging myself with and uh, you guys might see it more on social media i'll try to like put out comments out there and compliment people and you know try to build other people up because I'm not so much concerned about me. I get complimented every day by a beautiful wife and a gorgeous little boy who looks at me like I'm his hero. And that's all the positive reinforcement I really need, you know. I like to go out to maybe friends I haven't reached out with or even people I even talk to and give compliments. Like, I'll go on social media and I've been challenging myself, like, try to do it to, you know, so many people a week. I try to give a compliment or like their post that they post about the family. You know, they'll post a picture of the kids. I'll be like, you got beautiful kids. Or, hey, gosh, you guys look like you're having a fun time. What awesome people. And try to do compliments like that. And I would I would even challenge other people to do that because that's it's so reinforcing for others let them know somebody else actually cares about them. And I like to try to do that to other people, even people I haven't talked in a long time because it gets such a positive response back. And that's what I love. Like, you know, that's not done enough nowadays. Nowadays it's about you know, who's insulting who and who's offended by who. And, you know, people try to focus on the opposite. You get less and less of that problem. I've seen, I actually mentioned to Gons, I was like, Pierce comments on like everything. Everything, I see stuff pop up. I'm like, oh, there's Pierce. He's making a comment on this. And hearing you say that, so you, there was a point that you made a conscious effort. Like, I'm going to start commenting more. Is, is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. So like I, I would post a picture or something. Or post like a post and get like six people looking at it, like my parents and like my siblings, you know. And I was just like, geez, like nobody looks at the posts. And I was like, you know what? Let's not worry about that. Cause, you know, let's not worry about that. You post what you post, whoever likes it, they can like it. And then I was like, how about you just go out and post on other people? Because they're probably thinking the same thing when they get like five likes or something. So I started going out like, hey, you know what? Why don't you just focus on other people? Because they're, they're just as proud as their family, you know. So I was like, why not? I was like, see how that does. And so I kind of just went out and started doing that. And I was just like, man, I feel so much better about how many other people I'm just liking on their stuff. Like, I feel so much better about myself that way than how many people are liking on stuff that I post. So I was like, gosh, and I, I love doing this. And I love posting on that when I would do it. Some people that I haven't talked to forever would be like, hey, how are you doing? And I was like, gosh, like, it's so good to talk to you. Why did I even lose contact with this person? You know? Um, it's good to get reconnected with some people again. Love being able to do that. Love being able to hopefully give compliments out to people. Because they do. They, everybody I've seen, your guys' pictures, everybody else's pictures of their family and stuff. Just beautiful families. Your wives and kids. Just gorgeous. I mean, you guys, man. Like, I'll be honest. You know? And, uh, your kids are, your kids are beautiful kids. I'm sorry. They're, they're 
gorgeous kid. I think so too. You know. Well, thanks. I mean, they are, and uh, and other people's are too. And really, I haven't really seen kids that I don't think are beautiful children. So I've noticed that, and I I appreciate it, and I think it's way better than than getting into an internet fight with somebody. So it's like absolutely why spreading out positivity. I'm all for it. I think that's great. Absolutely. And I would challenge people to do that to like five new people a week. I just go through your friends, let's pick five and compliment someone, you know? Whatever you gotta do. And uh, who knows, maybe an old friend may be like, gosh, we need to catch up. And then you catch up and, you know, make friends, make more friends again you hang out with nowadays. So, who knows? I'll ask you to start a podcast with them. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, gosh. (laughs) Well, that's, I, I think that's cool. So you just, you just had the experience of, you know what, not a lot of people are looking at mine, so you decided to be more outward looking rather than inward and just reaching out and trying to grow positivity that way by spreading it from you to others. Absolutely. I believe that's what desperately like people need nowadays. Just like social media has become such a negative thing over like politics and yeah. everyone's opinion about whatever like they don't agree on religion they don't agree on who you voted for they don't agree on whatever and then they go into like the ugliest insults and people making comments like go kill yourself and stuff and it's like geez like you're disagreeing over like a color and you end up saying something like negative like that you know like that's pretty gold and you can just go fall in a ditch (laughs) yeah it's like wow that went that went really darn fast you know Yeah, yeah. There's just, a, I think that a lot of people would agree that there's just a whole lot of just negativity, vitriol, on, just spread on social media. So it's great to to see. I do see your comments, and I, I literally told Gonzo this week because we were getting ready for you to come on. Like, man, he does make tons of comments to a lot of people, and so it's cool to hear you talk about that. That you're actually making a conscious effort to do that. And it's always yeah. like a really nice thought out thing that it's. Uh, you know, it's not just like, hey, cool. Congrats. Yeah, it's like, an it's like a thought-out thing. It's like, hey, I, I remember you being great or blah, blah, blah. And it was, it's it's a nice, it has a nice personal touch. So I, I appreciate it. I think I see it. And, well, yeah, Pierce is doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell us about a passion. What what have you been, what have you gone into? Passion? Yeah. Well, a lot of my passions have been involved with Things that things that'd be kind of contrary to what I'm saying. So like, I like going shooting a lot. I've been really getting involved in fire, firearms, firearm safety. Another one of my passions is uh, a lot of certifications I do at my work are like being a corporal. There are a lot of other duties, so I get to do stuff like um, take on certifications like hostage negotiation training, uh, cert team training, which is a a cert team is like the new name for a jail SWAT. But it's like, I get to go there because I like the training they use, I like the tools that they use. Um, I like working with dogs, the dogs that they use. Um, it's, it's not so much fun when you're in the bike seat, though. And so, uh, I'll I'll post these. I have a video of it, too. I could post that. I don't know how to put that on here. Um, I'll try to post it. I would it. love to see that video. <laughs> I'll try to post it. I'll send it to you in an email. How about that? Yeah, I'll Perfect. post it. <laughs> I'll, send it I'll send it to you in an email. It's awesome. So, okay, cool. Um, and then like uh, <laughs> firearms training, and then I get to be a defensive tactics uh, instructor for the people at our facility. So the officers, we get to teach them kind of some defensive tactics, basic self defense for our jailers, so they're keeping safe. Because uh, my 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 officers that work for me are are basically like my second family. Because I'm I'm with them on twelve hour shifts, and they're basically I'm with them half my life, and I'm in charge of them, and the people that I work for are basically my family, you know, and their families are my family. And I want I want them to have their husbands or their wives go home safely. So I do what I can to try to help them and instruct them and keep them safe and, and if I can I you know, I mean my wife doesn't like it. She's like, You're always, you know, going there for these emergency situations and then volunteering to be one of the guys that go in go into the fight and I'm like, Well, you know, kinda in my mind it's like better me than them. I don't want I don't want them getting hurt, you know. Just like I'd protect her and my son, I I try to do the same thing for them because they're my family, you know. So I I also teach those courses for that purpose. It's more for, it's more for the helping reasons than the hurting reasons, but um, it's a lot of fun, 
you guys come to the um, down through Cedar or something, go to St. George, I mean, I'll give you a facility tour. It'd be a lot of fun. I think yeah, you guys would enjoy great. it. I would love that. Yeah, so um, it's a lot of fun there. So a lot of my hobbies involve like using those fun tools and stuff. Not so much when they're being used on me, like when I'm pepper sprayed or something or tased or something like that. That's not so much fun, but they're fun to use. So I make sure to keep up on the classes. Same with like OC and Pava powder, which is basically like OC in a dust form you breathe in. And so it's it's not fun to do it. So you got to like, you know, make sure you keep those certifications, keep going to practices and stuff like that. And as long as you do that, then you get to shoot other people with it. So it's a lot fun that way. <laughs> like the newbies the that come in. <laughs> yeah. The newbies that come in, I'm like, they'll be like, like we have a pepper ball uh, launcher. It's a lot of fun. And, but the rounds are filled with like this dust that's like made up the OC stuff. And so like when you breathe, you're like coughing and crying and stuff. And they're like, oh, is this really bad? And I was like, nah, it's not that bad at all. Mm-hmm. You just shoot like a whole bunch of them around. I'm like, run for it. And then we like, run, they're sitting there in the dust, like, panicking, like, what's going on? Like, you know, so. It's actually a lot of fun. It's hilarious <laughs> when it's not you. <laughs> so, well, Pierce, do you have any? Uh, do you have any beef that you want to hash out? Beef. Um, I think there was only there was only one thing I think I regretted about high school. I think somebody should have a beef with me, but she never she never said she did. Well, um, you can you can say sorry now if you want. Uh, well, I mean, I'll still say sorry to this day. She didn't care, but. I, oh, everyone remembers this. This was a junior year. I had asked uh, I had asked Christina to prom, and we that was the only year they had it at the they had it at the University of Utah Ballroom that year because mm-hmm. the Capitol was under construction. I don't know if you remember that. Okay, I don't. Remember. So unfortunately, I was ill prepared and did not know where this place was. And we literally drove around for like two and a half hours oh trying God. to find it. <laughs> and we never we never made it to the actual dance. We made it to dinner and we did the activities every day time. But we never made it to the actual dance. And she was distraught. She was well not distraught. Okay. She was sad, of course, like it's junior prom, like uh and I was sitting there just like, oh my gosh, like I was super embarrassed and I was so sad like after that, like, literally, I took her home, and I saw her crushed her, and, and the thing about Christina is that Christina and, and Teresa Stone were, like, the first two female friends I ever had in middle school, and, like, they actually became two of my best friends, so it was kind of coincidence, and having done that to one of your best friends, you're like, oh, I feel like such a jerk, and then people, like, the next week were just... Oh, you, you're such a jerk. And like, oh, you deserve to be punched in the face. I was like, yes, but please only by her. So, cause she's the only one I feel deserves to punch me in the face. I felt so bad about it. So I know, and she doesn't care cause I hung out with her after the mission with everybody. And she's still like, oh, I love you, Pierce. Like, you're so great. And like, we, you know, super best friends still after the mission. She didn't care. She even said she didn't care after. She's like, I don't hold the grudges like that. And she's, she's such a sweet person. Like, of course she doesn't. So. That's the funniest thing. But still, that, that would be the only thing that I was just like, oh my gosh, like I regret it. I should have been like more prepared and like done like a practice drive <laughs> or something, you know, or like drawn myself like a Crayola map because that'd be the only thing I knew how to read, right? You know, no GPS on phones back then or nothing. We didn't I was have just cell phones. Thinking about that, no GPS. I know that's that's definitely something that would happen to me. I'm so bad at getting places, so I feel like. It's true. <laughs> I, I literally, I literally on that night, we were so desperate and trying to find it. I was literally trying to speed past police cars. And I was like, seeing one parked, I was here we go. And so be like 65 driving past on like a 35 road. I'm like, pull me over so you can drive me to where this address is, you know? <laughs> so you like, could have just stopped and knocked on their window, but you know, I love the, no, I love the guts of your It only will work if they can pull me over. <laughs> that was the thing. Like, I, I was just like, so, I'd be like driving super fast. And like, I would have fully stopped and everything, but they were like, they were like driving most of the time. Like most of the ones we'd find would drive. So I'd hurry and speed past them as we're driving, like we're trying to wave at them. And like one guy actually like looked at me, kind of like just waved and kept driving. And I was like, no, like I need you to stop. I'm like waving you to stop, you know? And I was like, like worst cops ever, you know? So like, yeah, I don't know. That was, that was the only thing. And I know it's, it's that, but that was the really the only regretful thing I can think about high school. This is the actually the only dance I never made it to. Well, we'll have Christina on in a couple of weeks, so we'll get to that. We'll definitely ask her about it. Yeah. 
I do remember that happening. She'll be I like, yeah. giving you a hard time about it afterwards. <laughs> Everyone gave me a hard time. I had like two guys like, we're going to beat you up after class or something. I was like, shut up. No, you're not. Well, Pierce, thank you so much for talking to us. It, it, it was great catching up. It's great seeing you. It's, it was good hearing uh, about your life, how you've changed, and your awesome beef. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. No, it was really great talking to you guys, and I, I think 10 years has been a little bit too long talking to you, because I, I still can see you guys really good friends, and and I don't care the amount of time, like, I don't think that connection really goes, I just think it's a lack of communication, we just kind of need to catch up, fellas, so one of these times I come up north, let's, I don't know, let's go smoke some beef, you know what I mean? Let's hash out some beef the real way. Let us let us know when you come up, we'll be ready for you. Yeah. Well, he's, totally uh, will. he's in Camp Williams this weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, he's like... I, um, I, got, I gotta go on a, I gotta go on military orders. I I can't can't really say to where or what I'm doing right now. I I'll do it after, but I can't do it right now. Um, okay. Well, I live like two minutes from there, so. Oh, that's okay. Well, I good. still my parents still live in Sandy. I'll instant message you guys my number and we'll we'll catch up. Yeah. Okay. Sounds well, good. Good luck on your secret mission and hope hope you get all those bad guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's what I'm planning on. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot, Pierce. It's been great talking thanks. to you. Have a good thanks, night. Thanks, you guys. Good night, Pierce. You too. Bye, buddy. Bye. Steve, we just got done talking to Pierce. What are your thoughts? I thought it was great. I think that he shared a lot of stuff that was really good to hear, and I think that he shared a a few experiences that I don't think a lot of people knew about, especially like when he's talking about that kind of altercation with his father. For those people that do remember, like his dad was, yeah. Like he talks about his dad being Mr. Utah. Like I remember the first time I met him, I thought, man, this guy's like freaking ripped. Super just big muscles, muscly guy. It's interesting just to hear him tell that story. And you could just tell as he's talking about it, he like before that, he loved his dad, looked up to his dad. But even by the end, he's he still loves his dad. Yeah. And it's almost like he had this one moment that just kind of like shifted something in him maybe. But he didn't lose his respect for his dad. Yeah, I mean, for me, probably the thing about Pierce's that jumped out the most was his effort to be positive and to, like he was saying, like to give compliments. I like that. I like that. I I see all the time that he he does give compliments and he tries to be positive and make, make people feel good. I thought that really jumped out at me. The stuff with with his dad is hard. I mean, I don't have the best relationship with my dad, so I I don't know if I was putting, I was thinking about that while while he was talking. Personally, I I am a lot like my dad. I do. We have similar personalities and similar tendencies, but I have made an effort to be a different father than he was and for me like I felt like my dad would parent through his emotions don't want him mad at mad at you and it's like he got mad so it's bad and he would never listen so it's like he still to this day like it's really hard to have a conversation with him it's always a lecture like he's always teaching you something and you're never you're never having back and forth so like as a father I'm I want to be a father that listens. Sometimes I catch myself like saying like no I don't want to listen to you. You need to hear me right now to the kids. It's like and it's like the second I catch it it's like nails on a chalkboard for me cuz I make that effort to like I want to be a different kind of father. I don't want to I I don't want to my kids to fear me or my kids to feel like I'm, I don't want to manipulate them with my emotions. You know, I want to, I want to discipline and I want to teach them, but I want to talk about things more and I want to listen. I don't, I I guess I'm just making it about myself, but I think Pierce's dad stuff hit, hit me because of my, my difficult relationship that I've had with my dad. So we kind of ran out of time with him, but I wanted to ask him. And maybe Pierce sent us a voice memo, you know, but I did want to ask him, what has your relationship with your dad 
how does that affect it? How you want to be a dad? Because you talked about like he still teaches him, le- taught him lessons, taught him to be a protector and things like that, and that's kind of what Pierce is now. He's a he's in the military. He's in the correctional officer protecting and he talks about protecting his guys too like the guys that work for him so he still feels like maybe he got that from his dad but what what is maybe different what have you found that you're like you know what i'm gonna do this different so kind of like how are you a different dad than your dad was to you yeah because i feel like pierce talked about that a lot that was an important part of his teenager but that was like that was a moment yeah that was like something that stuck in his mind it's like, does that, does that inform how you're a father now? Yeah. So, I don't know. so Peter, send us, a, send us a voice memo or something. Yeah, I think that would be a good little follow-up just to hear. And I, I agree. And I, I'm happy he came on. He he talked about how he was just tried to be friendly in high school. And he always was. I think That's he was how I very, remember very friendly. Very friendly. Always, like, ready with a joke. Ready to, like, with a laugh and a smile. And always wanted to be included always be in the group and just and be a positive person you know so it's, yeah i love pierce i think the way that he described himself yeah that's the way that i saw him and that i remember anyway love him too so i'm glad he came on it was a really good conversation me too if you'd like to be on the podcast send us an email jordan high 2004 podcast at gmail.com we uh, want to hear from everybody not just choir people not just our friends, any anyone out there um, that uh, was a, a beat digger. We want to hear the changes that you've had in your life, the things that you've learned. We want to hear from you. Yeah, no no topics off limits. Yeah. Anything you want to share, you're willing to share, we'd love to talk to if anybody. You, if you really want to get like podcast after dark, I guess we'll just have to make it explicit or something. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but we're you, open. We'll talk about it. We're yeah, just, we'll, we'll talk about anything. And... Um, yeah, send us an email or you can message me or Gonzo on, on Facebook or we have our Instagram page, JHS2004 Podcast. So follow us, tell your friends, and we'll keep the content coming out. Yeah, let's talk next time. Bye. Bye.